That's, when I think of your visual identity, your personal brand, Isla, I think of a, a plant, like a succulent on a like color block background. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to People Not Things, a podcast that inspires entrepreneurs, marketers, and creatives to explore how people are the critical connection of our work and ask why we often take them for granted. My name is Max Kirchhoff, and I host this podcast with my business partner, Isla Murray. Our business, Llama 6, is best known for our bold visual identity work, innovative marketing campaigns, and our commitment to collaboration and critical thinking. We're sitting down with entrepreneurs, creatives, marketers, artists, and others to talk about their passion, their process, and how they stay focused on the people and relationships that matter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to People Not Things, our brand new podcast. This is one of our first episodes, so if you're tuning in, thanks so much. Today, we're talking to Rachel Charlesworth about personal brand. Rachel uh, and I met a while ago now through this amazing Slack channel called Ladies Get Paid. If you haven't heard of it and you're a lady, you should definitely join. I've met some of my favorite people there, which is kind of crazy. Uh, She is a branding expert and she has recently launched a project called Icono, which we're going to chat about. So yeah. Hey, Rachel. Welcome. Hi guys. Thanks so much for having me on. It's so crazy that Icono is like a legit thing now. I, I just like can't get over it. I feel like you're one of those people who's super inspiring, who like actually does something that they have an idea about. Like, I feel like it really wasn't that long ago. You were like, you know, I'm really, I really, well, I don't want to give it all away. I'm going to let you talk about it, but you were talking about the pain point of the product of the pro- product and then we chatted another couple of times on calls and then all of a sudden this is like really happening and I'm like so impressed and proud and inspired. So yeah, why yeah. don't you tell why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Icono? Well, first, um, that's like the biggest compliment. So <laughs> thank you so much. I think a lot of people go out and do this do the things that they they say they want to do, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. The the beginning stage is, is one of the hardest parts, right? Trying to just, to just get started. And um, yeah. I think you're one of the first kind of creatives that I talked to about the idea, just to sort of get your your sense. And uh, you know that that initial conversation that we had about it kind of really kind of helped propel the the concept. But um, oh. yeah, Icono is uh, right now a, a pop up for creative headshots. So um, the concept really revolves around the idea that, you know, in 2020 and beyond, you know, building a personal brand is kind of a requirement here, whether you're working for a larger company or you have your own business, whether you are looking for a job or raising millions of dollars. Um, And the process of creating that personal brand is kind of fraught with a, a lot of challenges, um, but I think that it can really kind of be kicked off with um, a really strong headshot um, that really kind of communicates who you are um, and helps other people kind of see what you can do as well. So we've been popping up in, in New York for the last few months and uh, excited to make it bigger and better in this year ahead. That's so cool. That's such an interesting idea. The, the, fear, <laughs> the idea, the goal is really like the dry bar for headshots. It's also just like not any kind of headshots. Like 
as a, it's like really fun, creative headshots, I guess, if that's what you're looking for, which is what I would be looking for, but also boring, serious ones, if that's what you're looking for, <laughs> yeah. which I wouldn't be looking for. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's like great. It's like you said, the dry bar, like you can kind of pick the vibe. Yeah, think- and, you know, really getting very specific um, in this one type of photography. We're not a photo studio that does everything under the sun. You know, we do um, really awesome creative portraits that you can use for your work. Yeah. So on that topic with, so I kind of was so interesting too, uh, to me, I think if there's like listeners who may not even understand, there might be people who've never needed headshots or something like that, or, or maybe they haven't even tried to get any. And I have a, a few times now, and I know Isla has, and it's really interesting because I think as creatives, we have even like different criteria for headshots. Mm-hmm. So I know lots of folks, I have friends and things who've done other stuff like real, everything from real estate to whatever. And if you don't, I think if you don't, um, really look at headshots critically, you don't understand how bad they can be. If that makes yeah. Sense. And I know that I've definitely had people take my photo in like in places I've worked or in other businesses where I like look at that photo and the headshot and I'm like, oh my God, this is horrific. Like, I don't want to put this on my LinkedIn. I don't want to put this on my website. So that's such an interesting and cool thing to have like a service specifically around that. I know, especially for us, Isla, I'm sure for you too, it's like, one of the things that we have a hard time with is if we do a speaking event. I hate event, it. Yeah, oh. if we do a speaking event or something, we always need like a really nice headshot and you're scrambling like with now, you know, your iPhone to get like your partner or some friend to come out. And On a cool them. background somewhere like. Yeah, <laughs> I recently did this for my wife actually for her website or actually no, it was for a speaking engagement at Columbia and it was like in the backyard shooting with her iPhone which was not, they still were not that great, but like they were okay. It'd be so interesting to be able to have this service. I would love to talk a little bit more about personal brands in general. I know that's something that like, Rachel, you're excited to talk about too. Um, I feel like it's like a fairly new concept. I mean, it ha- personal brands have been around for a while, but like the rise, I know it's been for a long time or like the rise of the influencers and thought leadership and like that kind of thing is just like so important these days. Could you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on personal brand and like how it evolved to be where it is today and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think that even sort of just in defining, you know, what is a personal brand, like I think it can oh, be yeah. confusing. Um, so the way that I think about it is essentially being able to communicate what you can do what you want to do when you're not in the room, you know? So um, if you're in the room, when, if you're talking to someone, you know, you can easily get that across, right? Um, A personal brand is really effectively communicating that um, when you're not in the room. So, you know, I think the idea of personal branding has kind of been around forever. Um, You know, if you think about um, old school restaurants or a car wash that featured the the owner's face or name, right? I'm sure you can like picture that in the you know the 1940s or 50s. Um, you know, so so personal branding has been a way to sort of build trust forever. Um, and even in names, you know, Ford, Henry Ford, or 20th Century Fox, you know, from, with Henry Fox. Wait, but, there was a Henry Fox? I did not even know that. Oh, sorry, William Fox. Oh, William Fox. Henry I mean, Ford I just, and William Fox. I didn't even know 20th Century Century Fox was based around a person. That's so. Yeah, it's actually a super fascinating story. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, sorry, yeah. continue. <laughs> yeah, but the the kind of like the modern thinking around personal branding was popularized uh, in 1997 on a, on a Forbes cover story um, written by wow. a, an article written by this guy named named Tom Peters, um, and the story was you know a, a brand called You. Um, and 1997, I mean, 20 years ago, um, kind oh, of yeah. Thing. yeah. 
you know, over 20 years ago now, the, the thinking around personal brand was, you know, how the internet or like the net, as you referred to it in the, in the article, um, <laughs> really created the modern brand and how, you know, the individual is sort of being untethered, right, from kind of like this corporate identity um, and the need to sort of get started in creating a personal brand now. Um, so, I mean, if you look at this article, you can Google it and find it. I mean, it's so applicable still, um, to kind of how to think about personal branding now. Um, he kind of, he was really, truly a forward thinker in, in that space. Yeah, that's, it's so interesting. I, I actually am familiar with this article, not because I am well-versed in it as you are, or even necessarily found the original article, but I recently read uh, The Art of Soulful Persuasion, I believe is the, the book, and I cannot remember the author's name, but um, he mentions uh, the really interesting note on sort of personal brand, which is that a lot of people since then, since that article was written, and then the, the way that the conversation has developed, the, I guess the bad part of personal branding or like the sort of underbelly of personal branding, the way people talk about it in an uninformed and naive way is that like we need to make ourselves more like a Coca-Cola or something like that. And the actual reality is that, you know, Coca-Cola is trying to be more like a person. It's trying to be more personable and more humane. And then yeah. one of the things as a personal brand that we kind of miss is that it's not about making ourselves like an object or this like big, you know, corporation. It's actually what you said. It's just like making sure that people know what we want, what we do, what we're good at in the room when we're yeah. not there. Yeah. I loved how you summarized that. It's just like, what do you want people to like view you as when you're not in the room? Like, it's so simple. Yeah. It's such a great way to describe it. And holding on to your personality and your persona and also your humanity when you're not around. And so that it's not like Rachel Charlesworth is this, you know, your personal brand is not, is not like sort of, we wouldn't describe you like an object or an idea. We'd describe you as a person. So, um, mm -hmm. and so I guess that was like, I guess my question leading into that is sort of like, have you seen that when you've chatted with people about personal brand is like those misconceptions around what it is? Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, I think there is kind of like this ickiness associated with personal branding. You sort of have this vision in your head as, you know, someone that is really self-serving, really, you know, self-promoting, right? Someone that feels sort of not like a human being. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I think, you know, personal branding kind of took the next step, went in the next level with the rise of the influencer. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, it, because before personal branding, you know, it was about reputation. You know, you think of a guy in a suit with gray hair, um, you know, like in a big office, right? You know, thinking about his reputation, right? Yeah. Um, and then it sort of advanced into the influencer, you know, the self-made beauty brand or whatnot. But it kind of took on this like flighty persona, right? Sort of like the commoditization of a person, you know, commoditization of a likes, likes and dislikes, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that influencers has, have done like, uh, you know, really pushed the concept forward. But I think in people's minds, you know, like, personal brand is connected with that a little bit of a degree of, of, of ickiness of some influencers that you might not be totally aligned with. Yeah, I think a, a good word I always come across that it's a tricky word too, and can be a little bit of a trap, but is uh, authenticity. It's like when you lose that authenticity and personal brand, it becomes mm -hmm. sort of inhumane. And that's even, you see that a lot with, uh, there's that, it's funny, it's just like perpetual conversation that's happening, I think on Instagram and other platforms of like, you know, are these authentic people, are influencers, let's say, like, are they presenting their authentic selves, yeah. which 
that's like a much bigger philosophical question, right? Of like, am I ever presenting my authentic self? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think I it's think... almost like it's, and now, you know, influence and influencers have almost commoditized authenticity, right? Yeah. Totally. You know, authenticity isn't being yourself. It's saying that you're authentic. Um, so well, yeah. that is really one of the stickiest words. And I think it's, I think, in, I think it's also hard too when people, you know, when money get comes into play too with advertisement and stuff. It's really yeah, hard. Totally. To and nothing yeah. against influencers. I just think, you know, I think in terms of a business model, not going away, right? It's how people want to find products. It's how people are making decisions. Totally. Um, but I think when it comes to personal branding, I think what influencers did is essentially kind of like normalize the idea of personal yeah. branding, right? And then, you know, sort of the, the concepts that Tom Peters, you know, philosophized about, you know, over 20 years ago in that Forbes story, um, you know, about sort of like the rise of the internet, the rise of the brand now, like the time is now, right? You know, with social media, with, you know, the ability to create an inexpensive website, with the ability to be on the radio through a podcast, um, <laughs> you know, personal branding is normalized. So um, I think that, you know, we're kind of reaching that next level of now some of that ickiness going away and um, kind of like the the average person, the average employee or solopreneur or business owner, um, it's kind of thinking about this cr- critically. Yeah. I, it's so interesting. I think addressing to sort of moving on from that influencer mentality and perspective, um, there's a quote I think came from you that you had sent over to us. Uh, it's one of our like show note items that it was in here, which is personal branding is not about recognition from others. It's yeah. about recognition and ownership of your own work, which yeah. is such a cool idea. And like, like you're saying, it's not like you might think on social media, and I don't even necessarily want to talk about influencers, but even me, I fall prey to this, where like I think about who my brand is in terms of like what people want from me, but that's actually the wrong thing to think about. It's actually like what I want to be doing, what I want to be building, who I want to be. Exactly. Yeah. And um, there's this brand strategist or, or group that I follow. They're called Concept Bureau out of LA. They also have a podcast. Um, and they kind of talked about on a recent episode, this idea of kind of with the future of work, with the, the next level of work, you know, how can we think about it in terms of, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? You know, if, you know, in the previous generation, right, you know, um, work was kind of about esteem, recognition from others, working your way up the ladder, you know, like being yeah. sort of the, the, the best thing was to have the best title in the, the highest office, you know, with the, um, with the most money. And things are really totally changing now, right? Um, there's some stats out there that, you know, over, over half of people are looking for new jobs. Over 60% of Americans, you know, want to be their own boss. There's this sense of kind of wanting to reach for something greater that's not necessarily a greater company, but really like a greater version of yourself. So if we kind of go back to that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're sort of moving up the ladder from esteem really to work as a form of self-actualization and really a representation of ourselves and a representation of sort of like that um, life we want to create for ourselves. And I think that that's so super clear, especially in people that are working for themselves. Yeah, that's so that's so cool. That's so interesting. And I know I'm like such a free association thinker, so I might go a little a little off the path here. But I was just thinking as you're talking about that, you know, one of the criticisms I think that's often levied against sort of our generation and, and, and I'll, I'll break out of the generational naming and just say like people under the age of 50 uh, is that, you know, they don't want to like 
hold down steady jobs. They don't want to work at big companies. They don't want to do that. And, and I think it often gets wrapped up in like, oh, they don't take themselves seriously or they don't hold commitments or they don't want to be involved in long-term things. And it's actually not that. It's that we want to go out and do our own things and we want to be committed to ourselves and our own ideas and like be able to do long-term businesses for ourselves or long-term initiatives for ourselves, which I think feeds right into what you're saying, which is, you know, that people don't want to, we don't want to spend a lot of time building another brand. We want to build our brand. Right. Totally. No, I, I think that that's exactly right. You know, I think yeah. that they're just like the motivational factors have kind of changed. So I've thought a lot about personal brands and how I would actually like to, you know, put some energy into like improving my personal brand or having a personal brand. And I know there's things I can be doing. Like my social media presence is like slim to none and, 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 uh, do you have any advice on how someone like me or someone who doesn't have <clears throat> hasn't started any any kind of work on their personal brand could could work on that and improve it? Well, first off, I would totally argue differently. <laughs> oh, really? I, I agree with Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I think given the fact that you're a business owner with a company and a website, right? And um, yeah. you know, I can really articulate what you do. I think that you have a personal brand for sure. And I think huh. that the, the struggle is not to conflate social media with personal brand, right? Yeah, that's um, interesting. You know, I think that it's not necessarily about telling absolutely everyone what you do, right? Um, it's being able to have people sort of communicate that to other, be able to sort of like have that um, word of mouth effect, right? Mm. Which I think that you both definitely do. So I think that that's kind of the, the first thing, not to conflate a strong social media presence with a strong personal brand. But that said, you know, I think that the, the challenge with personal branding is kind of like there's kind of ego wrapped up in it. It's kind of scary. Um, yeah. You know, I think that especially when you're first starting out, it's scary to sort of like clarify, to put yourself out there. Um, all of these things that are challenging in life are challenging with, you know, in, in personal branding. Um, but I think that the, the first thing is, you know, like, quality over quanti quantity and definitely kind of just in, in kind of communicating what you do, you know, like making it memorable. So mm. when I, when I kind of first started out in, in working independently, you know, not working for um, a specific company, I called myself a marketing consultant. Um, and uh, I've now made a, a, a kind of a uh, resolution this year. Like I'm literally not using the word marketing and anything that oh, I that's awesome. because it is so vague. Right. And I think it actually kind of, um, devalues some of the work that I do. So, um, when you think of marketing consultant, like super unclear could act, could be anything literally could be absolutely anything. Yeah. It could um, be search engines. It could be like advertising, like email, the, right? Like yeah, that, that word gets used for everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that the first thing is like getting more specific, right? Different is better than best always. Right. Um, and, you know, with best, like everyone is sort of always one-upping each other. So I think the thing is like, how can you be different? So I kind of moved from marketing to brand strategy and now the realm of, of kind of like personal branding and working directly with individuals. But I think that for anyone that's kind of looking to kind of clarify their personal brand, the number one thing is getting very specific, making it memorable, 
And then of course, thinking about how, how other people see you. And I think that that's what you were talking about. So creating some sort of schedule for yourself just to sort of get your word out there. It could be on a podcast. It could be on <laughs> social media. It could just be with a really strong LinkedIn presence, uh, but making a concerted effort to kind of get your personal brand, your voice and your face out there, arguably with a headshot as well. <laughs> yeah. So why, why are headshots important? Like why is the visual aspect of this important? Well, I mean, I think you guys as, as yeah. visual, as <laughs> kind of a trick cool. question. Yeah. I love, I love that Isla just asked why a, a visual identity is important. <laughs> yeah. You know, for me as a brand strategist, like, you know, brand is a point of view, right? Brand is irrespective of words, it's irrespective of, of, of visual identity, right? It's point of view. You start with the point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in order to effectively communicate that point of view, you have to do it through multiple mediums and arguably we're living in the most visual Visual. time Mm -hmm. of all time. Um, So for companies, you know, that's represented in photography and logo and colors and fonts and website. Right. And honestly, the same should be true for individuals. You know, if you view yourself as uh, really creative, but also trustworthy, what does that look like Um, in a photo? What does that look like on your LinkedIn and how can you reinforce that kind of at every juncture? Um, So I think that the the headshot really is like, it's not a photo that you look good in, although of course you will look good in it. Um, It's a a photo that kind of reinforces what you do or what you're looking to do in the future. Beautifully said. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny because um, I think the easiest way for me to think about the visual component of it, the photography, the headshot, because I mean, I love photos of myself. Anyone who follows me on Instagram (laughs) would know that. Um, but, but not everybody's like that. And I can totally, (laughs) yeah, Ilo would rather probably have all of her social media be photos of something else. Of you. Um, Like, let's be real. (laughs) I think you've said that for Llama 6 too. You you asked if we could just use my photo for your, your bio, (laughs) which of course I would love, but we can't do that. Wouldn't that be amazing? But I think one of the easier ways to help. (laughs) Or if like your photo was for every person on the team. (laughs) It was just like Max, Max, Max. It would be very, uh, it'd be very hard to see the fact that everyone's a woman except for me. No, it would be amazing. (laughs) Like we could have you dress in the outfit of that that person on brand for that that person. Oh, that's a really good idea, actually. But (laughs) that aside, um, the way I think about headshots, I was explaining this to a friend uh, like six months ago or nine months ago, is that I actually think about it, uh, dating apps are like a really good paradigm to sort of consider it, which is like, if you're on Tinder, we'll just use Tinder because I think Tinder is like heavily visual. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, yes, you can write about yourself in that little bio and like, how many people see a photo and are like, I don't know, and then read the bio and they're like, hell yes. Normally you make your decision on photos and that's just a reality. Uh, have you downloaded Lex yet? <laughs> oh yeah, probably not. There's no photos. Yeah. <laughs> There's no photos at all. It's so cool. Anyway. Continue. Exactly. That's for a specific demographic though, right? Yeah, and that's probably the not for this it. podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I, I like Lex. But uh, let's just say it's Tinder. And it's, it's really interesting because when we think about headshots, uh, when we think about other platforms, it seems self-indulgent or like you have a lot of ego uh, demonstrating that for the photography, but in a dating app, it's like necessary. You're yeah. like, it's like, it's the world we live in. You know what I yeah. mean? I think the thing is like, that's full stop. It's the world that we live in. You know, people are going to Google you. People are going to judge you based on your photo. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's, it all kind of comes down to storytelling, right? 
Absolutely. And it's not, it's funny because I think the mistake people also make often is they say, well, the photo needs to be incredible and I need to be like, ra like just so beautiful and ravishing and all these things. And you're like, no, not actually. Like if your personal brand is actually that you're an accountant and you're very professional and you take yourself very seriously, mm -hmm. it's not that you need to be in like a gown or a suit and like looking like your you best, should. you know, it's that you need to look like people take you seriously and that they can trust you. And that those are like different things, much like with totally. us. Yeah, us on our, on our, at least on my social media, and I, I think you do too a little bit. It's like we need to express our creativity through our visual. So like our headshots need to express, not that, I mean, that we're serious and that we take ourselves seriously, but also that we're creative and we're fun. Yeah, um, totally. It's like the same thing with like logos and like visual identities. Like you're not going to do an identity with like a death metal typeface for like a kitten store. Like you need to. Although like, I think there's a demographic that would a hundred percent go true. to that store. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, um, point taken. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to like visually represent that world and that feeling. Yeah, totally. And and to kind of go back to your original thought, you know, um, I don't know if you, Max, I think you're one hundred percent an extrovert. Um, I I don't necessarily know how you identify. I actually think I'm closer to an introvert than an extrovert, and yeah. I think that to some extent, that's kind of what you're talking about, you know, with this spectrum of introversion to extroversion, you know, if you're, if you land sort of more on the introvert side of things, like, how do you think about personal brand? And mm -hmm. I think that the examples that we have right now are, are so like me, me, me centric, right? You know, it's like, yeah. you know, if you think of, uh, I don't want to pick on coaches. I love the, co the coaching space. I think it's super fascinating. But when I kind of look at the social media for a number of coaches, you know, it's sort of like, picture of, of the coach, picture of the person, picture of the person, picture of the person, right? You know, the personal brand is almost like so dependent on that individual's personality and face, et cetera. And I think the thing is about a personal brand, like you define it, right? The thing is like, you just have to be telling, telling a story, you know, like, mm -hmm. and for, for you, Isla, maybe that's kind of that element of creativity, blending, you know, creativity, you know, different, different, um, forms of inspiration, et cetera. Like you get to define it. It doesn't have to be a photo of you every single time. Yeah, that um, and feels... I totally, I totally yeah. identify with that of not necessarily. And it's funny, you know, I mean, um, yeah. I think a lot about the personal branding space, but I also find it challenging, but I think that that makes it kind of all the more important. No, totally. I completely agree with you. I also identify as an introvert. So whenever I think about building my personal brand, I'm always so icked out because I'm like, ah, I just don't want to like post selfies. And Because I think oh the God. examples that we have, right, are, mm. are kind of like so far in one direction, right? Yeah, totally. Um, but then if you think about, you know, artists or totally, no, it's I mean, right. they have personal brands. They have to, right? Yeah. Uh, because they have to be able to sort of communicate their work. But yeah. you don't necessarily think of them as the face. Yeah, um, no, it's so yeah. true. It's like we're confusing like what influencers have evolved personal brands to feel like sometimes totally with, like actually just like, expressing who you are in a room when you're not there <laughs> <laughs> you got it that is so interesting because i also think the reason why influencers and the people who do just use their faces sometimes i think their success is just based on the fact that they're short-circuiting like our brains which is mm. we like we like to see other humans um, like there is science that backs that up that I'm not going to source the research of because I never know this stuff off the top of my head, but <laughs> I know that I've read that. And it's just that we like seeing other people's faces. And so it is so interesting because it is almost an uphill battle, I think, um, for folks who don't want their face just to be the brand 
because you know there's a reason why these youtube stars and these other big like instagram influencers get such a big following it's because it's always their face and people find comfort in it and they see humanity in other people's faces and so when you want it to be your artwork it is a little bit harder because it's really got to like yeah jump that it's and it's so interesting too because it's like the things that get clicks are not necessarily like the brand building things because yeah. like faces will always get more clicks than a beautifully placed plant into in a colorful light or whatever I want right. to post. Right. <laughs> Which is <laughs> Isla just described what she wants to post on Instagram, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just looking at a, a plant right now. So maybe that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I think this is really interesting because I think we're getting into like that visual identity component of personal branding, right? So the headshot being a big part of it. Um, much like maybe a logo is for a corporation or something like that. But really, like you're talking about like introverts versus extroverts, and maybe there's some other sort of axes of comparison there of like how we do that. But it sounds more like there's like reinforcing design elements, just like in a visual identity. So um, like I I'm help, helped open this gym here in uh, Austin called Liberation Barbell that uh, Llama 6 actually also did the brand for or the visual identity for. And it is interesting because we have our main logo, which we share a lot. But then there's also these like key indicators, these design elements, typography, stuff like that, that are a part of building that brand across social. So there's some triangles. There's um, uh, I, uh, ITCA Avant-Garde, which is the font, like on different color backgrounds. So you know like that that's a brand. Um, do you think, I guess uh, the question is, Rachel, just sort of riffing off of this is like, would you say with a personal brand, we need to have like similar stuff, including the headshot, which is like these supporting aesthetics, uh, supporting design elements to a personal brand? Or is that just something for like corporate brands? It, it depends, right? It kind of depends what you're looking to do. And, you know, something that kind of comes to mind with regards to sort of like those supporting you know, visual elements is style, right? So if you think about sort of style and what you wear and, you know, what you're looking to sort of get across with what you wear, I mean, that is sort of a supporting visual element, right? So if, you know, on your website and on your LinkedIn and on your social media, you know, you're all about color, theoretically, right? You know, like your style kind of reflects that, you know, when you're speaking or when you're at a big meeting or whatnot. So I think that to some degree, yes, we just haven't really thought about that for people that are not necessarily celebrities or already super famous executives. And maybe it's kind of like what you were saying in the beginning, which is like this personal brand should just be about like showing who you actually are and not like trying to create something for the world to see. So if you're not somebody who does wear colorful clothing and who is like whatever like I don't want to say creative that's the wrong thing but you know what I'm you know what I mean then it will probably come more naturally and it's just about sharing those moments whereas if that's not so important to what you're doing you won't right even that like a designer dressing colorfully let's say right like wearing really bold clothing it's so interesting I think to pick on that one because there are like I think a few schools of thought in like design and the creativity world and one of them is conformity actually which is like wear all black with like a pair of Nikes that looks really interesting which is very similar to the way corporate branding happens sometimes as well 
which is like, we need to fit into our industry. So like, let's use very similar typefaces. Let's do this, which is how I think the personal brand of some designers goes, which is like, they conform sort of to how other designers dress. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm thinking specifically about this conference like mine's in um, New York that I went to about three years ago. And I, it was in, uh, not upstate, but it was in Beacon, New York. So you take the train up there and I got off the train and um, Bree, uh, who is one of the other members there who I now know, uh, who's boop on Twitter, um, she immediately like called me out because of, I think my beard or some other weird way in which I looked compared to everyone else on the train. It was like, you're going to like mines. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I bet you, I can tell you everybody who's going to like mines. And then just sat there and picked every single person out, That's which so is so, fun. yeah. Right. Which is so interesting because there is also that balance of like your personal brand, um, really reinforcing that with style, like you're saying, but a style that conforms, but also defines you. So that it's like your affiliation to sort of what you do is also clear in a certain way. Um, I think if I'm speaking correctly. And so like if you were to walk into and I, 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 I both hate this and love this because I remember working in design departments in bigger companies where you were like a small division and literally people would say, oh, this is what everybody in the design department does or looks like. And I would get really upset about that because conformity, I'm like allergic to conformity. Um, but that is really interesting because you're right. Divining that style, it's very similar to companies. Like there's a way in which finance companies look. There's a way in which food companies look. Uh, and similarly with personal brand, it seems that way too. Like you're talking about the coaching economy and coaches there. I could probably tell you like who's a real estate agent, who's a coach and who's a designer on LinkedIn from their photos almost. Totally. Totally. And I think that it's, it's sort of a factor of signaling, right? You know, like what's that fine line between conformity and signaling? Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I think that when it comes to those visual elements, that signaling, you know, I'm creative, I'm a forward thinker, I'm trustworthy, you know, those are signaling elements, right, um, to kind of communicate something, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're not in the room. Um, so I think it, it is interesting when you think about style and personal brand and sort of how it, how it kind of, you know, there is this element of conformity between, between sort of these various um, industries or verticals, but. So yeah, I guess, Rachel, this has been so cool talking about personal branding. Uh, I, I guess I wanted to open this up to you a little bit. If there's any topics like we didn't cover, we didn't talk about yeah. uh, stuff you wanted to mention, or even if you just wanted to chat with us about some of this um, and get our take. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a, a really interesting topic that maybe um, we can weave in or whatnot um, is kind of like why personal branding now and sort of the role of technology in personal branding. Um, so I think a, a really interesting kind of arc to think about, you know, if um, personal branding, you know, has sort of taken this, you know, arc from, you know, the, the stodgy reputation to sort of like the flighty idea of sort of influence and this next level of personal branding and, and why it's sort of happening now. You know, I think that the role of technology, the role of AI in the workplace, the role of automation in the workplace is totally the reason why this is happening now, right? Huh. So I think that, you know, if you think about roles and jobs and, and things like that sort of getting automated, you know, the bulk of a lawyer's job will get automated, you know, in the next 50 to 100 years, if not sooner. The role of an accountant's job, you know, will get automated in the next 50 to 100 years, years down the line. But, you know, what isn't going to get automated is like the relationship with the client you know, the, the ability to sort of like stand in a courthouse and present your case as a lawyer, right? So I think that that is the role of personal branding, right? You know, in this age and in this era, future era of fewer jobs, right? 
um, and more jobs that are based on relationships, I think that we're sort of leading the way in that in that new space. And personal branding, you know, is sort of the way to um, effectively communicate that you're above and beyond the tactical work. Going back sort of right to, to like, um, I'm going to say a very inhumane thing about a very humane idea, which is like, that humans will continue to be the interface layer, right, of all of these things. It's like, we can automate so much stuff, but having relationships with each other is still how we want to get things done, um, which is such a cool and interesting idea that we often forget about. And you hear, you know, X, Y, Z, new startup that's automating this or automating that. And it, it has real impact, real economic impact on our world that is really hard for some people. And I totally hear that. On the other side of it too, is like, what we don't hear is like, oh no, human relationships are still a required component of those things. And that like, it's going to be handshakes and people making eye contact and people having conversations with their voices still, no matter how automated the world gets. We're at this interesting time right now because, you know, perhaps things are sort of the most complex than they'll be that, you know, in the, the long term, right? If things were a little bit more simple 100 years ago and things theoretically will be more simple because technology will advance further, um, you know, we're sort of in this time right now where we have technology, but it's almost like made our lives more complex. You know, we're working towards this, this, this future time um, that is more based on sort of the, the relationships than um, the tactical sort of data-driven work. It is interesting because I think we often think in doom and gloom when we think of the automation and complexity of the future world. But there is that positive part that I think you're really tapping into, which is like, maybe we actually become better humans when we get rid of some of this stuff. That we have sort of like the space and the ability to, to focus on relationships again. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll cross my fingers if you cross yeah, yours. Same here. Same here. <laughs> cool. We just need to get off social media a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I think variable reward app like platforms generally <laughs> I'm, I've been on the TikTok kick for a little while and have like detoxed from it now because I realized it's literally just a slot machine on my phone yeah um but yeah cool um Rachel thank you so much this has been so cool and so interesting um we we've loved having you here and this is such a rad conversation um so if, if for anyone listening if you want to check out Icono it's helloicono.com and or you can follow Icono on Instagram at, at helloicono um even though Rachel might be leaving Instagram just kidding <laughs> <laughs> we all need to be on Instagram sadly um the new internet but yeah, if you're interested in Icono, go ahead and look that up. Or if you're interested in working with Rachel, uh, you can find her at helloicono.com. Thanks so much again, Rachel. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Hey. Right. Find and subscribe to People Not Things wherever you listen to podcasts. Our music was created by Mary Blount. If you'd like to be on the podcast or have feedback about the podcast, please let us know at peoplenotthings.party. That's right, we don't have a .com, it was taken, so it's peoplenotthings.party. This podcast is a production of Llama 6, our creative studio. We focus on brand, visual identity, website design, and a whole lot more. We've worked with tiny early stage startups and giant brands, so if you're looking to take that next step with your marketing or creative work, let us know. We're there to help. Until next time.